It's time to get the inside scoop on the Utah Jazz. From the play-by-play voice of the Jazz, David Locke. Sweet revenge! Presented by Murdoch Auto Group. Ow! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. David Locke joins us now. So, David, the guy just took his shoes off and just looked around and said, what are you guys going to do about it? My shoes are off. Deal with it. That's not okay on an airplane. You seem perfectly comfortable with that, right? But we haven't even taken off yet. Like, it was the first move of the flight. Wow. And it wasn't thorough? Uh, no, I was not. I didn't fly with the team yesterday. I went. Uh, I did a little, uh, I, I flew to Arizona to watch my daughter play a college golf tournament. And the first thing in the morning, and then I flew after she was done, I flew to Atlanta. Look at you hanging out with I the little a, people and I coach. I took a little personal, personal journey to go watch, go watch my kid play. Yeah. How was the, uh, was the first year of college athletics going? She's killing it. She's thriving. It's kind of crazy. She's way better than dad ever thought she was going to be, if we're being totally honest. Dad did, dad did not expect what is happening right now for her. She has got the right coach in the right place at the right school at the right time. And... I don't know. Hans can probably speak to this having been an athlete. I think there's something very interesting about goal setting with athletes and kids that she had goals, most of which were to play division one golf at a major school, at a major conference around other great athletes in a school that like in a town, she talked about like in a city that kicked town that cared about it. And so that was her goals. And if I look back, on the last few years of her junior golf, like her goals weren't to win. Like she never wrote down a goal to like win a local tournament or to win certain turn. Only one local tournament. Did she ever write down a goal to win that she did. Like it was just really interesting. So like she got to where her dream was and wanted to be great there. And that's been really, really good. And I think there's something to like the goal never was to like go to a junior tournament and play well or to do anything like that. Those just weren't, didn't seem to be important in the goal setting. And so then she never did. I don't know. Super interesting to watch. I'm, I'm stunned by the, I'm not making a lot of sense here. I'm stunned by her performance thus far in college. It doesn't totally jive with how she played prior to college. So I'm trying to figure out how can you get somewhere in like in a span of frankly a month, become a totally different player. Well, let's talk about the jazz she's goals. Gone under par, she's gone under par in probably five 18-hole college rounds, she had not gone under bar in 18 months before winning college. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. David Locke's with us. So, uh, weird seeing Quinn on that, I mean, you know, on that other bench. I know it's it's been a minute, but still, it's got to be a little weird vibe seeing him over there on uh, coaching a team wearing a different jersey. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure on a personal note, this will, like, yeah, I think it's going to be really weird. Um, like, I've actually, I don't usually think about what I'm asking the opposing coach for questions very often, and it keeps running through my head, like, oh, am I asking Quinn today? Like, and, like, as though, like, I don't know what to ask him. Like, um, you know, I haven't, he and I were pretty close, and I haven't seen him since I said goodbye to him at his house, whatever, probably, you know, 18 months ago or whatever it is now, um, or more. So, 
Yeah, I, I think it'll be weird. I've watched enough of it on television. He and his red glasses, but I'm pretty used to that. Um, but I, and the team's weird to me. Like, actually, the weirdest thing to me is watching them. They don't look to me at all like the Quinn Snyder team, and they haven't since he took over. Um, it feels like they're running about a fourth of their playbook that we're used to seeing. I, d- I don't know if that's because of the personnel or if Quinn's had a philosophical change or, or what the reason is, but it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't watch them and go, oh, that's a Quinn Snyder team. Like, it doesn't really look like it. Is Jordan Clarkson the last from the Quinn Snyder era on this roster? Yeah, the, o- the only, right? It's incredible. Two year turnover. There's no one else, roster. right? No, not that I can. Scotty and I were just brainstorming on it. I think Jordan Clarkson's the only one. Yeah. Well, we all talked to Jordan at practice today because he was the only one. I mean, John Collins is, you know, it's interesting because it's almost like here, maybe not for us, but here the bigger story is John Collins' homecoming. Yeah. Right? He was six years ago drafted by this team and or seven years ago and fan favorite for a long time and part of their, part of their Eastern Conference final run that they had, and I, I don't think they've got much more than, like, he doesn't, you know, Bogey, he said Bogdan Bogdanovich was his kind of buddy. They lived in the same complex, and they would do things, and they had a little bit of relationship. But if you go back to, you know, John Collins and look at, like, their Eastern Conference playoff run against when they beat Philadelphia Game 7, he has that big Game 7 for them, big double-double, played 41 minutes, and then they lose to Milwaukee. I mean, you talk about turnover in the league. Like, go look at their roster. It's not totally – you would think a team that's been to the Eastern Conference Finals somewhat regularly would have somewhat of a similar roster. Trey Young is is still there. Um, but if you go to their game six loss to the Milwaukee Bucks in that game, um, you don't have a – you know, they don't have a ton of guys that are still back, even on the other team, frankly. You know, uh, Milwaukee's turned it over a good deal, but so, – Kevin Herter's gone. Clint Capella's still there. Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, but Cam Reddish, Danilo Gallinari, Lou Williams, Chris Dunn was on that team, by the way, that Atlanta playoff team, very subtly without people realizing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, there aren't there aren't a lot of guys. You know, there's pretty big turnover there too. It's not like he's running into a bunch of buddies. I like uh, the amount of milk that the Oreo cookie of Taylor Hendricks is getting right now. There was some good moments against the Spurs where I'm like, okay. All right. I, I think there's some really good growth and development here, and it's raw. There's still a long way to go, but overall your impression on what you're seeing from Taylor in, as a starter? I think it's a great – I mean, I think exactly. I, I'm with you. I'm actually noticing – what I noticed today at shoot-around was I thought Taylor – and I haven't seen shoot-around a little bit. We didn't shoot-around before a game because it was scheduled the other day because of the early Sunday game, so – and also, we haven't been on the road, and I have a closer proximity to things that shoot around on a road game than I do at a home game, so this might be kind of minorly misleading. Um, but I would say um, there is a um, – I thought there was just a little bit more confidence in him just the way he was, like, conducting himself at practice today. Just the way he just kind of belong. He just, you know, he's like. I think he might belong a little. Feels like he might belong a little bit more, um, if that makes sense. Or he's comfortable, like, oh, I don't have to be sheepish about the fact I'm in the starting lineup. He just, I don't know, the way he moved around, went through the defensive drills. It's minor, but I, I thought it was, um, 
I thought it was inter- I thought it was an interesting step for him um, today. That I just thought he's going to play with a little bit more confidence every single day for the next little while, and we'll see how, what happens. Hey, David, could you clarify the Utah Jazz first round pick in the draft situation? This just this upcoming draft is. I've seen some different conversations with where the Jazz could end and and in the lottery and in that moment. And the two picks that they picked up, I think it was, what, 28 and 30 or something like that. Can you kind of just clarify where they stand with first-round picks coming up in this next draft? All right, so our pick goes to Oklahoma City unless it falls 1 through 10. And at the current time, we're 11th, right? Isn't that right? We're 11th. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Atlanta's 10th, ironically enough. So tell me what you're rooting for tonight. Um, Just to really confuse everybody. So that's the way it falls right now. If the pick, and this is where it gets kind of questionable about what you want or don't want. If the pick goes to the Jazz, so it falls between 1 through 10 and the Jazz get the pick. Then next year... The pick is again Oklahoma City's right unless it's one the Jazz are one through ten again. I don't think Jazz fans want to be one through ten again. I don't know if the Jazz I don't think the Jazz front office particularly wants to be one through ten again. If for some chance in twenty twenty five we're one through ten, then it goes in twenty twenty six, the protection drops to one through eight. And if it's 9 or beyond, 9 through 30, it goes to Oklahoma City. Hmm. Now, if we don't go to Oklahoma, if it doesn't go, if if for the next three years we draft inside 8 on all three of them, 10, twice, and 8 the third time, it actually becomes two seconds. But I don't think there's any intention by the Jazz to, like, particularly try to be there. The next few years, if you happen to be there, you happen to be there. Bad luck strikes. But the the question then, you know, so so that's the, the question is, you know, dude, the other thing that's interesting about this is the Jazz have a pick swap in 2025 with both Cleveland and Minnesota. Oh, excuse me, in 2026. We have pick swaps, both Cleveland and Minnesota. Well, you can't pick swap a pick you don't have. So in a perfect right? world, you want to get, I mean, if, and this is just David Locke's opinion, and I don't know, this is my opinion, and I don't know where you stand on this. I, don't actually, I actually have not figured out the right answer here. I do not. <laughs> I'm opinionless I, on this. I was hoping I, you I could square it away it a little bit. Well, I, I, okay, here's my opinion. And, and granted, there's always going to be a stud that, in the draft that you don't know about. There's always a, you know, a, a Greek freak or whoever that, you know, falls and ends up being a stud. But I would rather just convey it and just be done with it and not worry about pick swaps in two years or, or any of the thing. You know, you've got uh, you got three rookies on this team. I would rather just convey the thing now and just be done with it. So they can still do that inside that top ten? They no, still... no, no. I would say stay no. at 11, no. 11 up and just stay where you're at right now and then just get rid of the drama and just be done and out from underneath it. So my instinct is the opposite of that. But Really? I... 
my my instinct is at this point you might as well go get the pick and hope that in the offseason you can make some moves so that you're 15th or 18th or 20th next year. We have two first-round picks next year. We have both Cleveland and Minnesota's next year. So yeah. I think my instinct is that you keep this year's pick and then have a – and we also have a new first-round pick this year. But have and have the pick. We'd have two first-round picks, one late, one early. It's a weird draft. If you have somebody you really like, maybe you can use some of those assets to move up a little bit to find someone you really, really like. And you're guaranteed to have two first-round picks next year, so I'd probably rather convey next year. Well, the only thought behind that for me is if I can make a couple of moves, strengthen the team, and convey next year at 19 or 20 instead of giving up 11. You know, I agree. You know that that's where I am. Yeah, I can understand that, but I, I also understand Scotty because you're looking at it like, okay, well, what's our pool of picks? Well, we want to make sure that we're available next year, and if that's being unavailable this year, then fine, but let's make sure we're available next year with that pick. So I I can see both ends, but I would probably fall in that category of not wanting to convey at 11, but wanting to convey at, you know, 18 below um, if, I, if I've got to move that pick to OKC. So... Um... So I I would tell you that I um, yeah I, I, the other one is actually I don't know that we will actually have a um, statement like I don't know if we'll have a choice on this. Have you looked at our final seventeen games? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Like it might be a moot point. Tonight, yeah. Right. If like if you want to play a fun little game for a second. Go look at our schedule and try to figure out how many more games. I'm surprised we're favored tonight. I heard you just say that. I, I, I was really surprised to hear that. Um, how many more times are we favored this year? Uh, not a lot. I, I, I would say two or three at the favored, most. We're not favored again on this road trip, right? No. 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 I, okay. I don't think you'd be favored against are Orlando. We favored, we're favored at home against Washington and probably against Chicago. Probably. Right? I would assume if we're favored tonight, we're favored at home against Atlanta on March 14th, 15th. Yep. yep. And then I don't know if you're favored again. Home against San Antonio on the 27th. And maybe home on the 29th against Houston. Maybe. So I think we're favored five, maybe six more times the rest of the season. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that gets you, if you win those, lose the others, you're at 32. I think 32 gets you inside the 10. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you Maybe play not. Minnesota twice, play Dallas twice, play Golden State twice, play Denver twice. <laughs> you, 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 it's tough, the whole, the whole finish. You are, I mean, you're up two on the win column in Houston and Atlanta. Like, they could... They could drive it pretty – now, Houston doesn't have a pick, so Houston's incentivized to win. I don't think that pick's protected. Right? Houston's got – Houston um, – Houston's pick, I believe, is only protected one through four. So, they're conveying their pick to Oklahoma City. 
So Houston's incentivized to win games at this point of the season. They, they have no incentive to lose. Brooklyn sends their pick to Houston, ironically enough, the eighth pick of draft, and I believe that's completely unprotected in the James Harden trade. So Brooklyn's incentivized to win. Toronto sends their pick to San Antonio, if I'm correct, the seventh pick of the draft. And that one, interestingly enough, is protected one through six. So I think you could see a pretty hard tank by Toronto. And I don't think there's any way the Jazz five wins ahead of Toronto can catch Toronto. Even if we tanked, like, lost every game the rest of the way, I don't think, I don't think Toronto wins five more games this year. So I do think, though, because Brooklyn and Houston are not incentivized to lose, that Atlanta and Utah could slide to 8-9 very easily. Huh. Atlanta, interestingly enough, right now is in the play-in tournament. I don't think that changes their draft status, though, unless they suddenly make the playoffs. Then it does. When they're playing, yeah. I know right, that they're in the we're... play in tournament, so if they were to if they were to win and make the eight, then that changes their draft status, I believe. I know we're a ways away from really getting down into it, but uh from the GMs and the people that you talk to, is the draft as bad as ever as uh some of the talking heads make it out to be? I think it's the silliest concept. I just I don't believe this concept at all. Here, let's go to the twenty twenty draft for a second. I did this today. This was fun. Okay? So, 2020 draft had Anthony Edwards, yep. James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, who were all supposed to be amazing, right? Like that yeah. draft was like, Anthony Edwards is really good. He's going to be all pros. Number one pick. Wiseman, bust. LaMelo Ball, eh, I love him, but I'm not sure, right? The next picks in this draft were Patrick Williams, Isaac Okoro, Aneka Okongu, Killian Hayes, Obi Toppin, Denny Advita, and Jalen Smith. That's the end of the top 10. 12 is Tyrese Halliburton. 21 is Tyrese Maxey. 25 is Emmanuel Quickly. 28 is Jaden McDaniels. And 30 is Desmond Bain. Yeah. Should have been a Jazz like, man. Just find but... the talent. Yeah. Well, right. and I. Doka has a bouquet. 27. We'll never. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh. Well, and we traded like we can, we can do it. We can talk about the two moves that you know. Hey, on the, you know, on the, the two moves that like forever were like you know happened at the same time. We drafted a Dokaz and Bouquet, and we signed Derek Favors, and then had to trade Derek Favors to get out from under his contract, and that's why we're in the quandary we were in. So, yep, yeah, and those are all fair, honest conversations to have, and we've had them at multiple times on the show. Um, I I do think, and Ryan Smith, I. I, I mean, I think he hit it on the head. It's like it's not about where we draft; it's how we draft, you know. And that's that's the bottom line. There's talent to be had out there. So, yeah, you just have to be good at identifying draft, it. Like, right? If it's a bad draft, then in theory, the pick we just got for Simone Fontecchio becomes Jaden McDaniel's. And if we're trying to save our pick to get the ninth pick, it's Denny Advita. <laughs> <laughs> That's that might be your best line of the uh, of the interview right there. That's spot on. Oh, I didn't have any other good ones, so yeah. Oh, that's not true, David. Uh, always a pleasure. Have a great call tonight, man. Thanks, David.
All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Sounds good. David Locke right here on 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone.